Welcome to Locked On Marlins, guys. Welcome back. A week hiatus from me. As you can see by my face, I was enjoying the sun in Tenerife. There was no episodes. I apologize for that. But we are back and back with a bang, continuing on with the series, digging into spring battles. And we are focusing heavily today on the outfield. And I think there is one of the biggest battles in spring happening in the outfield. And it all could impact and hinge around not just Jazz Chisholm, but equally Avisail Garcia. <sighs> Tons to get into all on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from a cold, gray, and dark England. Uh, hope everyone is doing well. Welcome to Locked On Marlins. I, of course, am your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you are listening to the pod, hit subscribe, leave a review. Uh, it's your team every day. It's Locked On Marlins, baby. There is a YouTube channel that is also called Locked On. Head over to there, hit subscribe too. Our, our subscriber numbers, they're trending. It's in the right direction. We're almost at 500. In YouTube world, 1,000 is the magical number. So once you get to 1,000, you've made it in YouTube. Logged on Marlins is trending that way. Um, guys, welcome back to the show. It's your daily Marlins podcast, and we are back with a serious bang. I have a UK goat in the house. Uh, I think it's maybe his third appearance. I may be wrong in that. But nevertheless, Alan Witz is in the house. Witsy, how are we doing, brother? I'm doing good. Thank you, mate. Good evening. Welcome back. We welcome all missed back. you, mate. We all missed you. I know, mate. I know. I, and, and listen, I missed it too. I did, but I didn't take. I didn't take the gear. Uh, but I was on. You know, I was on standby. If anything major dropped, then I felt like I could. I could just about muster up an episode um, sure without any divorce well. proceedings. Yeah, it would have gone down like a lead balloon. Mm. But if something happened, you know the drill. If there is news, locked on Marlins is here. And I would say it was. Yeah, there was some stuff, but it wasn't newsworthy. It wasn't emergency pod worthy. So we survived. We are back, and we're back to daily, by the way, guys. Just have to call that out. Scheduling notes where we kind of shrunk episodes down to, you know, around about three or four a week. Full steam ahead now. Five episodes minimum a week moving forwards. Um, as we've already teased out, Al, we're going we're gonna to dig heavily into the outfield now. Some people are probably thinking, Alan Witz, I've seen, I've seen him commenting on Twitter quite a bit. Uh, who? Th there's a stan. He's a stan of who? Jesus Sanchez stan. Um, so this is, it feels like it was the perfect part to get you on, mate. Um, but let's start, mate. I don't want to start with Jesus Sanchez because I know the way that conversation is going to go, <laughs> but let's start with, I think the biggest news heading into spring uh, in, in, in the outfield is clearly Jazz Chisholm Jr. Um, transitioning. At least that's the, the, the situation that's being reported is Jazz Chisholm going to transition into center field. Um, it's been talked about mainly in Marlins Twitter circles for the past couple of years, because we were trying to solve a problem. Um, it sounds like the Marlins in the end have run out of options and decided let's go with Jazz. Initial reaction on Jazz uh, transitioning the center field and how successful do you see this being? Um, I'm nervous. That's probably <laughs> the, best way to, the best way to put it. I mean, again, I know we're going to talk about uh, Jesus later on, but mm -hmm. we're in a situation last year where it wasn't necessarily addressed. They throw somebody else in there. Take yeah. I know they're on completely different levels, but I'm nervous about this one. Um, he's got 
all the confidence in the world. Christ, he makes you look like a down, you know, downbeat. He's got no confidence <laughs> at all, mate, doesn't he? Absolutely. He puts you in a different league. He does. Um, and he knows he can do it. He said he'll get that golden glove and everything. Mm-hmm. My main concern would be is that, say, things start going wrong. Mm. You know, he drops that easy catch. He drops two easy catches. What happens then? Fans are all jazz crazy right now. What happens if, you know, does that knock his confidence, that knock his bat? I'm mm. wondering, like, how long the leash would be. Yeah. And you know, how many chances does he get? Is it, he's our guy, let's leave it? Or I'm not sure which way they're going to go about it. Great points, mate. It, from In your opinion right now, and I think this is kind of where my head's at with not just spring, but as you go into the early part of the season, who's plan B at center field? If something doesn't work with Jazz, i.e. he stinks in, in center field for whatever reason, which I think is, you know, not the most likely outcome. But let's say, like you said, a couple of, couple of balls fly out there, you know, easy catches, a couple of errors in center field early on, that's going to rock him and his confidence. Perhaps if anyone could rock or anything could rock Jazz's confidence. But um, if that were to be the case, Marlon saying, actually, this isn't going to work, or we need Jazz back at shortstop or second base for whatever, you know, other reason perhaps, Who's next man up? Do you think in centre field this year? I reckon DLC. I reckon DLC. I yeah. Well, I reckon he's made a he made a couple of errors last year, didn't he? But mm-hmm. the Sanchez thing, you know, it wasn't as bad as some people make him out. Don't get me wrong, he wasn't great. Yeah. But that's been done now. It'd be it's going to be to no one's benefit to stick him back out there again. So no. that's Plan B, and you know, <laughs> and he wasn't great there. So let's hope no. this chance thing works out. Don't get me wrong; I, I would love to be talking to you again in a number of weeks' time, in a couple of mm. months' time. Going, they knew what they were doing, spot on. Yeah, uh, there were question marks at him playing shortstop as well, wasn't there? There I mean, was. That's and now you go into the center field was a big old area. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's it's not going to be an easy. If it was easy, everyone would sort of do it. And yeah. I'm confused if he's never played there before, but he's going to go out there now. It's yeah. not as if he's gone from a corner to centre. You know, it's a whole different world out there. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I, someone asked him about it in one of the early media sessions, and you know, how is it going to feel? You know, going to the track and you know, trying to get the dimensions because it's completely different to obviously the infield, and you'd have to worry about the warning track and the wall behind you, uh, or all those kind of nooks and crannies. And he did say that he, all ballparks anyway, he would take time to be out on you know the warning track and starting to learn the dimensions anyway, just for his infield play. But like you said, mate, it's a whole different ball game out there. It's a big ask, and I think. The fact that it's Jazz, that's the reason we're confident because Jazz is so confident. If it was anyone else, you know, if, I don't know, if we'd asked, you know, jo- uh, Joey Wendell to go out in the center and said, actually, yeah, Joey Wendell, we think he can play center. We'd all be going, oh man, this is not going to go well um, for whatever reason. But just because it's Jazz, you know, he's got the flair, he's got the the raw tools seemingly to do it then I think that adds a level of confidence to us as a fan base and maybe the organization. But to your point, listen, if a couple of balls, a couple of fly balls are put down on the turf early, like Jonathan VR, if you remember, Jonathan VR started in center field, dropped a clanger in the first game. I think we have a storm in center field again. So, you know, that it could happen quickly, mate. It really could. I'm really intrigued. And then you got to think about the bat as well. Do. That's the key bit though, right? The bat can't regress. Well, that's that's going to be the thing, is it? We know he can, you know, he can hit. You see the stats; he's got all the mm. flair there. But say it starts playing in the mind of like he's overthinking where he's got to be and what would I have done in that. You know, it, you don't want the bat going backwards. 
No way. You know, so again, we keep saying he's got the confidence, all the confidence in the world, mm. and let's just hope it plays out. But I'm, I'm sure it's not the ideal situation for many people out there. No, I'm intrigued. the The longer term uh, impact is is equally as intriguing. We're talking about right now. Can he make Can he make it happen? Help the team right now. But I do wonder. What happens if he goes out there and he is a gold glove center fielder? Like, what does that actually mean for Jazz's career? Because, you know, I think we all feel and know that he wants to play shortstop. That's a position he's always played and has wanted to play. But all of a sudden, if he's a gold glove center fielder, like, what does that mean? Does he does he just become, you know, that's it forever now? And he's center field pretty much moving forwards for the rest of his career? I, I'm I'm intrigued. Very intrigued. I don't know. How do you see it playing out? Well, if it works out like that, mate, he's not going to be a Marlin, is he? <laughs> Probably not, mate. I mean, what's, that's another what's the, topic. What's the kind? You know, you know, I'm not good at money yeah. and all that side of things in baseball, mate, but that'll no. be my god. It's expensive, mate. That's I mean, it. shortstops are expensive too. It's fair to say, like you know, elite offensive shortstops are. But I guess the question there is, we haven't seen elite play at shortstop from Jazz in the major league level. Um, if he goes out there in center field and delivers elite level both offensive and defensive numbers then for me the Marlins are just going to say listen Jazz you may want to play at shortstop but <laughs> the the product and the production is saying to us that you're now a center fielder it's going to be expensive either way I've been harping on about let's finish up with Jazz an extension conversation very briefly before we get into the first ad um, it's something that's been playing on my mind for the past few days while I've been sat on a sun lounger in Tenerife and thinking about hmm. the future of Jazz Chisholm and the fact that he, right now, before this season starts, I just get the sense that there's a monster year coming for Jazz. And I'm just thinking about this from a Marlins budgetary perspective and thinking, if that monster year comes, that is potentially, you know, fatal for this relationship moving forwards. Um, I don't know. Would you would you look to try and extend Jazz now? I know there's a lot of knocks in him about the health, but for me overall, it's clear the product, the, you know, the talent's there, the ability's there. Maybe the Marlins just need to take a punt on this one before it's too late. What about you? <clears throat> yeah, I guess it comes down to that, that figure. But mm. you go two ways. With Sandy, it's worked out an absolute treat, hasn't it? Really has. Absolute steal. Yeah. And then a few years ago, we were asking for BA yeah. to be paid. True. They didn't do it. And that's worked out. So, yeah. Christ, I wouldn't want to be in their, in their shoes in the slightest. Um, you make a great point, though, get mate. It, get because... it wrapped up. Get it wrapped up earlier rather than... Uh, why not take a punt on it? He's still a young guy, you know. He's still the face of the franchise. Why yeah. not? If he's, he can't regress that much, where he's not going to be any good, he, you know. <laughs> no. They got the whole new staff in, you know. Get it done. Get it tied up and say, right, you're the guy. I think you said it many times, mate. You're, mm. you're the face. Let's yeah. go and then build around it, you know. That, to me, that's just what the Marlins have been doing. Like clearly, for the past year or so, like. They've just hedged behind Jazz. He's become their guy, and they've really promoted the life out of it. And they they want him to be a success. And you know all the stuff with the show cover and whatever. Like his profile is 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 really trending right now. And if there's a level of production that matches that in the very near term, that is going to be very expensive for the Marlins. Not just in in terms of arbitration years, but also you know trying to extend him beyond. The point you raised there, I think, is a really interesting one. Like their record in extensions and decisions around extensions is pretty good. They didn't extend BA. That was the right call. They extended Sandy. That was the right call. I think the only one that 
they've probably missed on was Starling Marte going back to center field is where they did try to extend. That went a bit wonky. They tried to get him back in free agency. The Mets came in and did it. And they missed out on the player. They still need that player. Now Jazz Chisholm is being asked to be that player effectively. So, yeah, interesting one. For me, what I've put out there, are, you know, for those that have maybe missed it on Twitter, I, I just look at this and think the Marlins have hit on a prospect and it's time, if, if they believe in the talent, and I believe they do, they should look to try and extend him ASAP and build around him for the next six to eight years, in my opinion. Um, I, you know, we always look at the Rays and say, the Rays, what an organization, such a well-run organization. What did they do? They hit on Wanda Franco, one of the best prospects around, and they go and extend him. $180 million for Wanda Franco uh, for 11 years. That's what the Rays did. So listen, if the Rays can do it, so can the Marlins. They nailed it with Sandy, and I think they should nail it with Jazz. Build around those two guys. For me, that is, that's the approach they should be taking. Uh, to a lesser extent, haven't Pittsburgh to uh, Cabrian Hayes? I know he's, again, yeah, but yeah, for them, he's still a bit, defensively, he's, he's fantastic. And they've extended him for many a year because he's going to be a face of their franchise. Because who are they essentially? Yeah. What are their goals? Who are they going to get? So, yeah, you know, similar sort Agreed. of some sort of boat but jazz is more of a superstar so get him locked up and that what that could mean for people wanting to come in wanting to get traded to or not wanting to get traded sorry but want to come to yeah. miami you know definitely they've, they've obviously had a problem in the off season right trying to attract players and so listen if, you, if you've got sandy alcantara and jazz chisholm locked in at your roster for the next six to eight years whatever it might be I mean, there's two studs there right there to build around. And you know that, that you're trying to put a winning product on, on the field. So great points as well. Uh, let's get into our first ad of the week. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a favorite now. Uh, and probably, <laughs> Witsy, you could probably read this one out now if, uh, if I need to ask you. But it's our good friends over at FanDuel. You've heard plenty about them right now, I'm sure about it. Um, so it's, uh, it's a midway point right now of the NBA season, no longer NFL season. Now guys, we're talking about the midway point of the NBA season. Uh, and it's now the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to 1000 bucks. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line, to point scorers, and the threes drained. Love that one. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance uh, to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. And learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Wonderful. Absolutely nailed that. First right, ad back, yeah. and that was destroyed. That was destroyed. <laughs> NBA is my friend. NFL was tough. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's speaking about money, men, let's talk about right field. Let's talk about Avisel Garcia, mate. Because listen, it was completely disgusting in 2022 from Avisel Garcia. He still has three years guaranteed, uh, 12 million ago. That's three years. Uh, for those that have mathematical challenges, that is 36 million guaranteed. Uh, over the next three seasons, there's a club option at the back end. Um, mate, with with the other options that the, the Marlins have and the way things played out in 2022 for Avisel Garcia, how much pressure is there on him this year heading into spring to uh, to produce? I say pressure's a, a big word, isn't it? And that, that mm. goes for, across the whole of the outfield. There's it all does. different sorts of pressure. But for himself, he knows he, he'll know more than anybody how bad last year went for him. And that's... Yeah. 
not what he wanted in his first year. He got paid, you know, and he'll bounce. You got to believe he'll bounce back. Don't you? <laughs> we we, we got, need him to. Like you say, it's, a, it's an odd year. Like you keep mentioning, mm-hmm. um, that money side of things, it's a difficult one. Again, <laughs> this, this is one where they essentially the front office has been burned a little bit, haven't they? They have. Yeah, they they spent that money. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that's where it comes out to you know with with Avi right, where thinking about spring and spring battles, not just spring battles, but early season battles. I don't think this is just a spring thing. Like Avi's going to be given every opportunity, I think, to to be playing there primarily because he's getting twelve million dollars, uh, which is over ten percent of the Marlins' total payroll, and so they can't have that kind of money, that kind of player as a bench bat, like. In, in 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 theory, they can't, and they shouldn't be. But if things go poorly uh, again, and it rolls into, you know, bloated Avi again in 2022, ground us to third, no power, no nothing. Like, could you realistically see the Marlins moving on from Avicel Garcia? And what I mean by that could be a bench bat, a platoon guy against lefties, traded. Even could they even eat the money? Did they, could they even eat thirty million bucks to move Avisel Garcia if things continue on? They won't eat all of it, but it's rather well, it's how they where do they see the franchise going? What what where do they want to go? I mean, if he's not doing great again, he's having another poor year, but there's others there who are stepping up. Yeah. Why should he be playing there? Why should the fact that he's getting paid this money for even an organization like you know, the Marlins? Why should he yeah. be out in the outfield? You know, anything from last year shouldn't he shouldn't be guaranteed a spot in the slightest. No way. So it's if if Jazz is centre and he's in right and that's set up, which I know we'll move on to. Uh, yeah, I don't think it should mean that he starts in the slightest. No. But he's and this, this but is he's what annoys me. In, yeah, he's he's got this, himself this is... in a better situation now, a better shape. Yes, know? he'll know he want to. He'll want to show people what he can do. So yeah, the money I'm, side of things. I'm completely with you on that, mate. The the body, the change in body at the back end of the year last year for me was like the the great kind of ray of hope that arrived. I think for Marlins fans, where it was clear with Avi, we saw him. Uh, I remember Eli calling it out fish stripes like a, a month or two into the year, going, "Wow, look how big Avi is compared to what he was at the Brewers the year before." And then everyone was like, "Oh yeah, wow, Avi's Avi's really heavy." Um, and then he went away and slimmed down. And, you know, we obviously acknowledged that he wasn't in the right physical shape to be able to do what he wants to do. And so for me, that was a big thing. And I'm intrigued to see how it translates onto the field. New new clubhouse vibe, new new slim down Avi, odd year. Everything points to him having a bounce back. And I think that's the key thing is we we really need him to. We really do. But the really interesting wrinkle is if it doesn't, what happens next? What happens next with Avicel Garcia? Because to your point, at-bats and starts should be earned. And in spring training, they should be earned. And in the early part of the season, it should be earned from Avicel. And if it isn't earned, there's other guys sitting there around to take his spot. Not just the two guys we talk about, talk about in left field. Not just Jorge Soler we'll talk about as well. But another guy I want to talk to you about in terms of spring, mate, Heral Encarnacion, who... For me, hasn't had really the biggest opportunity with the Marlins, but if he is going to have an opportunity, one of those will come at right field. So what happens if Heyrara and Canacion rolls into spring and absolutely lights it up, continues his winter at production? 
you know, I know it's not going to be a situation with our DFA Avisel Garcia probably because Heira hit five homers in spring, but you know, how much pressure could that create for uh, for for Avi and also give the Marlins a decision to make on how they construct their roster, do you think? I say that that pressure is essentially the rocket of his backside is gonna gonna make him realise, you know, I need to get going because some of these guys are not not last chance or anything, but you know, so they're gonna be coming for him. And like you mentioned the uh new clubhouse and stuff, a new approach, new new uh hitting coaches, you know. Yeah. It's all going in the right direction for him. So it's over to him now to realize and learn from what he went wrong. But with Encarnacion, he, I know he didn't have the longest time, although he had more games than I thought he had them when he, when he came up last year and more at bats. I mean, he wasn't, I know he had the, the Grand Slam, which is brilliant. I would yeah. just, yeah, I'd probably just given up then, to be honest. That's with retirement, you. yeah. <laughs> there was an awful lot of strikeouts. There wasn't an awful lot more, was there? No. So I know he had a good winter. That's different. Different kettle of fish. Spring, yeah. again, different kettle of fish. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he gets a, a shot. Hopefully, not for Sanchez or anything, but you know, no. hopefully he gets a, a good shot of platoon and stuff. But Abby needs to hit the ground running and fast. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, the, the, the way with Encarnacion, it seems to be more likely his opportunity is going to come at first base if anything happens to Coop or they feel like they need some depth at first. I know they've got Arias that, can, that has played that position and could slide over. Um, but... I sense that's maybe where it's going. I do see him a little bit of as, as an odd man out on this roster, to be honest with you, and in Canacion. And just the way the Marlins have handled his development and his his opportunities, like to, to your point, he hits the grand slam and gets sent down. To me, that was just one of those situations where that's not a confidence builder for a guy that you're trying to build confidence with that you see as a big part of the future. No, it's so. a kick in the nuts, especially for a... You know, kick in the nuts. Yeah. Kick so, in the nuts is right. <laughs> I, I, I see him more in the outfield more than first base, though, because I'm quite sure yeah. he wasn't the hottest at first base. But hasn't he got a bit of a... He's got a cannon of an arm as well. So and He's got a gun of an arm. He did, because yeah, in, that, so. in that salami day, he, he also had an outfield assist as well uh, with the arm. So, yeah, the arm plays. He's not great at first base, and that's why the Marlins didn't play him there. Yeah. Um, so. But, you know, again, square peg round all. You want the stick in the lineup, you know. Well, that's that's Marlins in a nutshell, isn't it? It is. It absolutely is. All right, let's – we've got the one final position to cover, and we're going to need some time to get into it. So uh, let's talk about our good friends over at Built Bar, and then we're going to get over to left field uh, where there's a lot of discourse. Um, but before we do that, Built Bar, if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try those Bilts. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat healthier this year, particularly after a holiday. And if you're like me, you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then you have just the thing. It's those Bilts. And they are healthy and actually tasty. And what makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate. All the flavors, churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. Not sure how Bilt does it, but these bars, they taste like a candy bar. Whilst maintaining amazing macros, and what's even better is they are healthy. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. Perfect for those biceps. Uh, and you don't need to wait around and get yourselves over to Built.com. No, you can get them also at local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Get to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Bilt's. Four-bar box, cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. How about those puffs? Or Sam's Club. Get yourself over. 13-bar box. All the hit flavors. Brownie batter, churro. Thank me later and enjoy those Bilt's. How about those Bilt's? All right. Cool, mate. The meat and potatoes then, mate. Left 
field, left field, right? Jesus Sanchez, Brian De La Cruz, Jorge Soler. I, we have to talk about Soler. And the, let, let's just kind of start briefly on Soler, and I really want to spend the time on the two other guys. Um, I heard Skip Schumacher, and when asked about the DH situation and, and Jorge Soler, it didn't sound to me like it was going to be Soler primarily at DH all the time. And so for me, it sounded like Soler's going to spend some time in the outfield as well. Um, and so that will likely come at left field. He was okay there. He was serviceable. Um, and they're going to use the DH more. It seems as like, you know, maybe how Donnie used it in 2020 when it was uh, available in the COVID year, like cycling guys around, Coop a bit of time there, Raya's a bit of time there, maybe Jazz a bit of time there to get him off his feet from sender. Um, Soler, Avi, I don't know. So I think when we think about left field, we also have to consider Soler. With that being said... Talk to me about Jesus Sanchez, mate, because I have never seen a bigger stan of Jesus. Well, you are the Jesus Sanchez stan, while Sean Barrett is the Garrett Cooper stan. You are the Jesus Sanchez stan. You've absolutely been banging the drum about this guy. I've got some numbers dug out as well, so I'm interested to see where, where you go with this. But just bring it to life for me, mate. Why is Jesus Sanchez, why is he the guy for the Marlins here in left field? Wow. Uh. You've got to root for the underdog, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's the British in us, right? <laughs> exactly that, mate. <laughs> See, he's got something about him. He's got that power there, hasn't he? He's very raw and, Legit. you know, he needs to learn. That's that's his thing. Last year, I, I, I he got hit with the, you know, with a crappy stick. He did. Didn't he really? You know, he also wanted to step up, but didn't have the confidence Jazz has to say, I'm going to go and get you that. You know, he wasn't terrible in centre field, and that absolutely affected his bat. You yeah. know, you think what was he? He was twenty-four. Granted, not that that young nowadays. You know, not for not for us, man. It's very no. very young for us. Um, <laughs> it's young for us, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm losing my trail of thought now, mate. Yeah, he got me all, ex all excited about Sanchez. Power, youth, asked but, to play the position. It affected the bat. You're right, it did. <laughs> It did, and the time they sent, he started off hot, didn't he? And everyone was all over it. You know, he was flavor of the month and everything. You know, fantastic. Yeah. And then it started to struggle because people were figuring it out, figuring mm -hmm. it out, and he wasn't taking the time to see why, what was what was happening. He didn't make the adjustments, and then I think they they waited so long to send him down. Yeah, what, they did. Which was, was which struggling was strange for so long. Thing, yeah. Exactly. For, for what? For what purpose do they do they keep him up? You know. And when and when he went down, eventually mm. he started doing well again. Yeah. You know, he had a, a great like, hit streak. You know, he was getting on base. He was walking. You know, he's definitely got something about him. Yeah, he absolutely has. You know. So now with the new, new regime, a new hitting coach, hopefully he's you know taking his head out of his ass and he can show what he's show show the fans what he's capable of doing you know yeah. he's, he's come from the come from the race you know i know they've given him up but they know they know a player don't they so there must there must be something in him there, you know there definitely is mate and he's got the competition now with dilla cruz who is who had such a an awesome end to the year didn't he you yeah, know he did so he did mate he, he needs to essentially show people what he can do that power i'm crying. i woke the kids up a couple of times last year when the uh <laughs> I was in the, the ninth the ninth inning against uh washington was it against yeah, the nationals it was the oh Nazi, yeah, yeah. didn't i didn't i got told off for that one <laughs> you know and then 
uh, and the one against the Rockies and stuff, you know, 400 yeah. and what, 92, 496 feet? Oh, Insane. And how can you not get excited about that potential? That's that's what can happen, and that's what should be happening on, on a more frequent basis. He just needs to put the time in, you yeah. know, get, get that confidence back up, because his confidence must have been knocked. And it's not the easiest game in the world, is it? And once you've got no confidence, you just, you know, you're going to hide into nothing. Yeah, completely agree, mate. The co- what you've summarised there, I think, is is perfect in, in last season, in that started hot, then there was a hole in his swing that was discovered. He struggled to adjust to the adjustment that was made to him, and the confidence was knocked. He was about playing in centre field, which equally didn't help as well. So there was like a culmination of things for the Marlins here uh, with Jesus Sanchez. They sent him down in the end. They waited a little bit too long. He came back and looked better, which is great. So that's encouraging. Um, overall, I don't think the Marlins handled him well. He was asked to do things that he probably shouldn't have been asked to do. And we are where we are. The interesting bit with Jesus for me, when I kind of looked at the numbers and the bits and pieces, here's the first thing. He should never, ever face a lefty ever again in his career. Never one more at-bat against a lefty. A minus 18 WRC plus against lefties. He can't play against lefties. It's pointless. But here's the good news. He faces righties more often than he faces lefties. Jesus Sanchez has an everyday player in him, pretty much. He's, he's, he's a strong side platoon guy, at, you know, effectively. He's got a 115 WRC plus against the righties. The power, it's a 70-grade power, no doubt. He hit 500 feet in, in, in course, fair enough. Um, the other thing that I saw that I really thought was interesting, playing at home last year against righties, 157 WRC+. Plus. So he absolutely rakes in Lone Depot. Not many people do. Not many people's offensive production goes up at home. Jesus Sanchez absolutely did. 157 WRC+, plus at home. We actually have a guy that can hit... Righties, the majority of the time, there are righties going, and it's at Lone Depot. Jesus Sanchez should be starting against every right-handed pitcher and should never take an at-bat against a lefty. That's my view of him. <laughs> he, he's fine. Leave him in left field. Spot him in right. He can play either corner. That's how I see things with Jesus Sanchez. That's, that's the thing. He is a corner outfielder. He's a corner. That's it. You know, every, and the experiment didn't work, and it didn't pay off for anybody. And it didn't. It's no more options left. So he, no more options, mate. No, another one. They're another, the one gone, another one. The pressure and the rocket of his backside to where uh, he needs to produce. And he like I said, I think the platoon is going to be well. Looking at the outfielders we've got and people we got to try and fit into it, I think it's going to be quite a big thing this year. Person, person is how I see it. I mean, I may be totally wrong, but yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of people out there who can hit. They they can't. This is this is where my head's going at right now, right? So you then look at De La Cruz. Let's talk. For me, Jesus Sanchez should be starting against the majority of righties out there, and you just ink him in. And against lefties, you need to think about it. De La Cruz, interesting splits. You look at DLC hitting two seventy seven against righties last year. Two seventy seven against righties. So he's got reverse splits hitting one eighty four against lefties. So De La Cruz was atrocious um, against lefties. So. You, you can talk about, well, can you platoon De La Cruz and Sanchez? You can't. Well, based on the numbers last year, you can't. Neither of them can hit lefties. So if you want De La Cruz getting 500 at-bats this year, it's going to have to be primarily against righties. So that's where you start to think about this now. If Jesus Sanchez is playing every day against righties, so is Jazz. Well, where's, Jesus, where's, where's De La Cruz getting these 500 at-bats from? That starts to say to me, 
maybe the Marlins could well go with Jesus Sanchez in left, Jazz Chisholm in center, and Brian De La Cruz in right, or some kind of combination of those three. <laughs> De La that's Cruz, how, mate. That's how I see it. That's, that, that is how I would have it. But yeah. obviously, we come back to the money side of things. That's not going to happen. It yeah. might happen here to there. Yeah. But I would be amazed if we come to opening day and that would be the, the outfield of opening day. Well, De La Cruz, so Jesus Sanchez, a 115 WRC plus against righties. De La Cruz, 124 WRC plus against righties. Jazz Chisholm Jr., 158 WRC plus against righties last year. That's your outfield. Those three. Um, Avi, Avi, he is a career 119 WRC plus guy against lefties. So Avisel Garcia should be the, the, the short side platoon outfielder. He should be. The Marlins, if they're serious and they play the numbers right and these guys play, they should go with a four-man outfield, those three, with Avisel Garcia starting against lefties and Soler as well, probably, <laughs> against lefties too. Um, and those two kind of become the corners against the, the lefties. That's what the Marlins should do. I'm not sure they will, um, but that's what the numbers are telling us. Like, See, And how can you not get excited about that? There you go. I mean, See, uh, this is this it. Is why, this, I'm glad you have me on for this one, mate, because I'm excited. If I said the big boys got to go, and the if they do, are. mate, wow, it'll be exciting. It, it will yeah. be, you know? Yeah. And we've got a whole new the infield and stuff, like getting the guys on. But there's things to be excited about. I know a lot of people, yeah, it's, it's the Marlins way, and it to be. You know, down and out already, but it is. I'm, I'm excited, mate. I'm excited. This to me, like as I've dug into the outfield, and, and clearly there's a couple of things this hinges on, right? Is can De La Cruz can he recreate what what the you know the second half of the year was like? That's question one. Can De La Cruz become that player? A lot of people think he can, or he already is. Jesus Sanchez, can he kick on? I think against righties, can he actually have a better year? I think he can have a better year. I think. Last year was his was was a poor year, and it was still an above average uh, against righties. So, could Jazz Chisholm stay healthy in center field for the majority of time? And if so, those three guys combined will be a real nice outfield. You've then got Avisale, and you've then got Jorge Soler. That five kind of mixing and matching in platoon splits and whatever, however they want to do it, for me makes a ton of sense, and I think gives the Marlins a real nice balance in the outfield, defensively, offensively. Um, and all the the splits you need. So I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Um, who just one final one on the outfield though, mate? Before we get out of here, um, mm. because we're running long, which you know is standard. Um, just talk to me about the JJ Blade move at the end. It didn't seem to be an obvious uh, playing time situation for for Blade, but ton of minor league options remained. Um, the Marlins end up moving, you know, a, a former first round pick. Um, relatively recently in 2019 uh, for AJ Puck, looked to be moving into a reliever role. Um, what was your take on that one? Clearing some outfield depth, let's say, but for a reliever of a highly touted outfield prospect, it, you know, interesting move. Well, it sucks my uh, card collection. That's, that's for... That's for... <laughs> yeah. that's, for yeah, that, that's poor. <laughs> um, I was excited, but I, I was shocked that they traded him. I thought mm. they might give him more of a go, but obviously... Yeah. I'm guessing conversations have been had. If the new guys have come in and they've identified maybe he's not the guy, maybe Peyton Burdick shows more. You know, it's disappointing because there obviously must be something there. 
with a JJ Bloody. It must yeah. be. But I'm I think we've done better out of it. I think it's a fantastic sort of uh to get um to get Puck in to that to the bullpen. Yeah. Good couple of innings from him. Yeah. I mean he's not quite Hayden, mate. You know, he's not he's not quite he's not quite there yet. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but I was surprised to let him go, but like you're saying, there's people in front of him, his playing time, but he didn't exactly light it up, did he? Uh, it's no. a, it's a sh- not to steal someone's a uh, short sample size, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, small sample size. Sorry, yeah, um, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't light it up, did he? So uh, no, he didn't. It, it was probably the right person to go. I'm surprised he did, but the yeah. what they got back for him was brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, they couldn't have asked for more from him. Take it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I love the move. Um, I loved it. I, I didn't see much of an opportunity for, for Bloodane this year if if all went well for the Marlins. I get it if, you know, it was plan B or C, but, you know, Peyton Burdick's around here and Canacion around. You know, this guy's already on the 40-man that, you know, could recreate and, and fill that that depth need, um, let's say. But then Marlins definitely had a need in the leverage pen situation. I'm glad they've addressed it again. Um, they obviously addressed it in some part last year. Left it a bit late. Cole Salsa, Tanner Scott, Cole Salsa, seems to have evaporated from baseball now, I think. I'm not quite sure what's happened to him. But, you know, the Marlins needed to do something. They have done something. I think it gives them a really interesting option um, in, in that kind of 7th, 8th, ninth kind of stretch, um, which is was necessary, to be honest. And so, you know, move a depth outfielder, take away what round they were drafted in um, and where they were drafted. Like, if you just looked at Bladé's career, minor league, um, plus major league, and you go, hey, you can get AJ Puck for that, Pfft. You pull the trigger, absolutely. So, and it with is him what it gone, is. And with him gone, that maybe um, gives the guys in AAA, and, it, and the rest of the mine is like, hold on, that's one less person in my way. I'm gonna, absolutely. I'm gonna kick on now. This is my chance now because the pressure on the guys in the big leagues is is massive. Following from last year, injuries and you know, plenty of swing and missing. You know, <laughs> like it's it's an exciting. A lot, could ha- a lot could go right this year, take it that way. And yeah. um, hopefully there's always someone to step up and go, all right, this is my opportunity now, I'm having it. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. And I think, to be honest with you, each of the three younger guys that we talked about, that, in my opinion, should be the the the, the outfield mix against righties in, in Jesus, in Jazz, and in De La Cruz, each of them, they all have opportunity. Just It's in their hands. It's in within their grasp to, to take it. And I think the Marlins are really hopeful that they do. I think clearly they're hopeful that, that Avisel Garcia re- returns to some sort of form as well and they see some return on that investment. But I don't think it's the be-all and end-all. Like if Avi, if Avi's just cooked now for whatever reason and, you know, then they've got a decision to make. And if he's then a platoon guy against lefties only, then it is what it is. And they're just thankful they've got, you know, somehow Kim's swung a masterstroke to get in De La Cruz for Yimmy Garcia. Imagine if De La Cruz kicks on now and look back and go, wow, Kim Ang, another Another bomb, um, getting in, getting in Dela Cruz for Yimmy. I think that was Kim Ang's move, anyway. I say that that money, like we said before, mate. That money should not be the be all end all. Yeah, you know, winning is the important thing. You know, winning gives you that money back. You know, so that's what you got to go with. There we go, mate. There we go. There's no better place to end this podcast than winning is everything, and so. Let's let's call it a day. Um, thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day, guys. Thanks to Alan Witts joining me uh, for those on the audio version. Uh, Alan can be found on Twitter at Witts13, that's 1-3, one, 
Um, so go and follow him uh, as well. Uh, I will be back tomorrow with uh, another UK GOAT, Sean Barrett is in the house, and we're going to dig into some of the forthcoming rule changes uh, and what it means for this year's baseball, what it's going to look and feel like. Equally, we're going to talk about the bullpen. So we're going to yeah, carry on this conversation about AJ Puck uh, and start again into Skip Schumacher's comments around no specified ninth inning guy, which is very new for us as Marlins fans. So we're going to dig into what that means as well. In summary here, uh, the outfield, I think, looks full of talent. And I think it wouldn't shock me if the talent ends up being youthful talent that gets the everyday plate appearances and at-bats. We'll wait and see. Money talks, though. Avisel Garcia, obviously, on a big contract. Jorge Soler, equally on big contracts. But I feel like there's a mix here for the Marlins to get youthful exuberance in that outfield and create a spark for this offense. We'll see you again tomorrow, guys. See you then.